Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> shalom, shalom, everybody. Guess what day it is? It's Monday. You know what that means? Yes, you do. It's Lighten Up on Israel News Talk Radio. And guess what? We've got a crazy special show because not only do I have another guest host, but I have two guest hosts. That equals three guest hosts on the show. First time for Israel News Talk Radio and Light. Now, please give it up for my guest hosts, Mr. Joseph Kainer and Tamar Yona. Hello, everybody. Hey there. Hello. I give such a great it's the three of us now we're all like three of us are talking we're all on the air it's like we're we're at what's like we're three of us are at a cafe having uh having uh coffee and lunch isn't that wonderful oh yeah wonderful you had a direct bottom of the pond to get me up here (laughs) oh come on tomorrow you're the best Yosef you're the best aren't you excited Yosef we have tomorrow on the show uh, yes, that's uh, very. It's it's unusual. Usually, she's in the in the wings, in the background. That's right, behind that's the right. curtains. That's right. Where she I is. Bo- <laughs> no, Tamar, you do not belong behind the curtain. Anyway, how is everyone doing? How is everyone's uh, Shabbos? First, we'll go to Yosef. Yosef, you had a good Shabbat. We had a good Shabbat. I'm trying to remember who we had. Oh yeah, we had we had two people. It was nice. We have a neighborhood uh, neighbor kid who's 13, who first eats at his house and then he comes to us for a second meal. So um, he's he's always fun. And then another friend of mine. It was nice. All right. And Tamar, how was your Shabbos? That's about how it was. <laughs> oh come on. Very quiet, I no, guess, because no. you didn't answer me. <laughs> it was good. And I'm sure that the people want us to get straight to news stories. They're not interested in my Shabbat. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, you know, come on. That's how I like to introduce the show. See how everyone was doing. Fine. Uh, first of all, let's uh, say hello to all of our listeners. Uh, we have the United States of China, of course, Israel. Hey, Indonesia. I think that's a first. Uh, Slovakia, United Kingdom, and Canada. Hey, oh, hello, everybody. I don't think they're going to, you don't hear them say back hello. No, I know, but uh, let's welcome uh, Tamar and Yosef on the show. It's going to be the three of us, everybody. It's going to be great. I've got some news stories for you. See, I did my homework when you asked me, when you said that you were desperate and that you were even willing to put me back on the air even after every time I come on, we bomb. But uh, that's, not, that's not true, but I do have plenty of stories. But if you'd like to start off, that'd yeah, be great. Go ahead. One. You can comment on it, okay? It's not really <laughs> funny. It's not really a funny story, but, it, but it's something that you can comment on. Gal okay. Gadot, the, act, the Israeli actress, feels yes. liberated, quote-unquote, after Wonder Woman 3 is canceled. <laughs> the Israeli actress says no longer being tied to one role frees her to pursue passion projects and other roles. Your comment? Uh, well, uh, why did well? First of all, I, the second Wonder Woman was absolutely horrible. So, but why? Why did they cancel it? Why did they, you know, nix the project? Does it say why? I think that they had a new person that came in, new manager or something. Wow! So she now it frees her up for for more. Uh, what kind of roles does she want to do? Oh, whatever. 
<laughs> so I guess it doesn't I matter. I really care about a Hollywood. Come on. <laughs> well, but she's Israeli and she represents you. We've got a Jewish Wonder Woman. That's beautiful. Yosef, you want to weigh in? <laughs> I, you know, I think I saw the first one and I think I fell asleep and I didn't see the second one. So I really, yeah, I'm not in a, not a movie guy. All right. Well, he's not a movie guy. Yo- Yosef, you fall asleep during your buddy's uh, film on, uh, on Twitter. That, that's also true. That's <laughs> so well, I was tired. Asleep. It was 11 o'clock at night. What did you want? I, I saw the first one, the first movie, and I was not impressed. Okay. Well, it's very hard to impress Tamar Yona. All right. <laughs> the expectations are very high. Um, well, all right. So here, I have some interest. Here's, here's something that I found. Uh, this is kind of uh, funny. Um, and I'm going to open up the story. This was actually, I think it was uh, uh, on a tweet. tweet. It says, the, uh, an Iranian official mocked after denouncing Israel in incorrect Hebrew. Did you hear about this? I did not. Ah, it says here, this is funny. It says here, the official was mocked on social media on Wednesday after tweeting in Hebrew that Israel will be laid off, in quotes, from the West Bank. An incorrect translation that led to amusing replies. So apparently what he was really trying to say was, it says that the Iranian official was mocked on social media. Um, He incorrectly spelled something in Hebrew, which mistranslated. His name was Ali Shamkani. Uh, He's the secretary of Iran's Supreme National Security Council. He threatened Israel uh, on Twitter, saying that Israel will be humiliatingly expelled from the West Bank, just like the U.S. in Vietnam. (laughs) Uh, Except in Hebrew, (laughs) except, however, the word used for expulsion uh, was uh, piturim, which literally means layoff from a job. So he says in his sentence in Hebrew, it literally read, the end of every occupation is humili- is a humiliating layoff from a job. <laughs> I think that's hysterical, yeah. don't you? I'm looking him up. He just got laid off. <laughs> it reminds me and of he- those, uh, you know, signs that are mistranslated into English, like you see in China. It says, like, come into our, our restaurant. We're very hospital. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Instead of hospitable. So instead of saying that we that uh, the Jews will be expelled from the West Bank, the Jews will be laid off from the West Bank, which then incurred panic stricken. Uh, Israelis thought that they were going to lose their jobs. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny that he was like, you know, you think if you're going to, you know, try to threaten us by expelling us from our own land, that you would at least learn the right Hebrew word instead of telling us that we're all going to get fired from our jobs. Right. And I, I'd like him to comment on this next story because I, I think that his translations might be pretty funny, how he translates. Um, this one comes from Reuters, and it says, Horse diapers keep Gaza streets clean. And they have a picture here of a guy riding a little cart behind a horse and it's got a diaper on it <laughs> okay and it says on the crowded streets of gaza horse-drawn carts continue to tear to carry goods and agricultural produce providing a vital service but creating a sanitary problem that one group wants to solve with diaper style bags to keep the roads clear of manure 
Wait, as so well horses- as the smell and flies they attract, piles of manure are an unsightly blight, said municipal sanitary worker Sacher Katab, who drives a horse-drawn cart to collect garbage. The bags attached to the rump of donkeys and horses that ply the streets are intended to eliminate the problem at the source, at the same time collecting a source of natural fertilizer that can be used in nearby farmland. Okay. So they're recycling this also. Ew. I think it's pretty funny, but you know, the funny thing is if you see this picture, it has the guy riding, like the, the horse's tail is right in front of him and the bag as well to catch whatever comes out from under the tail. And he's going to be smelling that the whole way. So, you know, instead of just like leaving it and then passing it by, I think it's pretty funny. It's not a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> Maybe they should give him like a gas mask or something. Wait, wait, wait. First of all, how come the garbage men in Gaza don't have garbage trucks that use horses over there? You know what What's they going do? on? You know what they do? Because they mismanage their funds. They they burn their garbage a lot. They, you can just see every day you see black smoke coming up in these different Arab villages because they burn their garbage. And they pollute oh. the air. So they're putting on diapers on horses now. Wow. So so what what um uh, that's um that is uh high tech. They are the uh the high tech uh high tech nation of the Arab world. Let's put a yeah. diaper on the horse. Haven't you seen they, the, the pampers for horses? <laughs> that's right. They also decorate the horse kind of with colorful things. It's kind of it looks like a Mexican horse. Yes. Hey, yeah. That's a horse of a different color. It's Just like in The pretty. Wizard of Oz. I like it, actually. I think it's pretty. Great. Hey, uh, um, Yosef, did you, yes. since, since, we, since we spoke to you two hours ago, do you have a story? Yes, I have a couple of stories. <laughs> Get out of here. You were able to find something within two hours of showtime? You're, a, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, uh, okay. Domino, you, you know, Glastonbury is like Woodstock, but in England, okay? So okay. Glass Domino's is the first company to deliver pizza using a jet suit. So if, if you're at Glastonbury and you want to order pizza, you can order from Domino's and, you know, keep looking up for the guy to land in front of you to give you the pizza. What happened to their cars? They can't just drive. Or drive drones. It? It, it, yeah, but this is cooler. You know what I'm but saying? But then you have to tip him. That's true. Well, enough. If you tip him too much, he'll fall over. <laughs> hi <laughs> but I, I, it doesn't see drone would be a much better idea because this thing shoots a lot of air out of the things you know what i'm saying so if he's trying to land next to you you're going to get dirt in your face you're going to your food's going to fly it's not a good idea on second thought your pizza might not be uh very uh clean i guess you have lots of dirt on your dirt, pizza dirt topping yeah. dirt <laughs> that's right can i get a cheese pizza with dirt topping I tell you one thing, he ain't getting tipped from me. <laughs> what if he crashes or something? How does he land? How does he hold onto the pizza and steer it? I don't understand. I, I have a question that has nothing to do with this. Maybe it's just an Israel question. When you order, <laughs> you order from Burgers Bar from the pizza place, and the guy delivers, are you supposed to tip him? I don't know. But we can answer that question. Tamar can answer it when we get back after these commercial breaks, everybody. Thank you.
Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller, and guess what? We have two co-hosts with me today. Mr. Yosef Kaner and Tamar Yona. How thank are you, you guys? You, Good? You. Are you having fun, Tamar? Yosef? Oh, are we having fun yet? Loads. Hey, if everyone's not aware, Tamar, this is who my boss is. I'm actually working with my boss. So she could fire me actually at any time on the air. So I have I'm to, I'm Donald doing Trump. exactly what she says, people. people. What? I said, I'm not Donald Trump. I don't fire people. Well, I do let some people go, but I, I don't fire people. <laughs> okay, fine. So you can let me go. That's why. Uh, so, but anyway, I love I love co-hosting with. Uh, when Tamar. you get the call from me, Stephen, I'm really sorry, but we have to let you go. <laughs> yeah, let I'm me sorry, go. Steve. We have to put you in the cannon. <laughs> we have to let let me go from a job I don't get paid for. I should get paid for this job. Listen, it takes me we're takes all me volunteers. minutes. We're it takes all me minutes. Volunteers at this station. That's oh, me. you're not. You're making a fortune. I am you're not the, making. I'm a volunteer at this station. Yeah, you're the Oprah Winfrey fact, of Israel. I pay for the station. <laughs> I'm losing money every month, but oh, I stop. do it for God. <laughs> That's right. We do it for Hashem, Stephen. Right. Keep it clean. Um, I am not amused. Um, anyway, uh, here's a story. Now, this is just a sad state of affairs right here. I know, Tamar, you do a lot of stories on your show about, um, you know, other Jews from other countries. Listen to this. This is out of England and England's listening. So, uh, hey, Britain, something's up with your Jews, people. Listen to this story. It says Archbishop of Canterbury meets newly merged progressive Judaism leaders. So there's a big summit between uh, the leader of the Church of England has met with two senior reform rabbis to discuss plans to create a unified progressive Jewish movement for the UK. This is this is what they're doing, and this is what the Jews in England are doing now. It says Justin Welby. Oh, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury personally requested the get-together with Reform Judaism CEO Rabbi Josh Levy and Liberal Judaism CEO Rabbi Charlie Baginski. I love how his title is Liberal Judaism CEO. That's a new sect now. There's Reform, Conservatism. Okay, everybody. Hey, guess what? So I have a friend. Uh, so the, the, the Church of Canterbury, the, the priest or whatever you guys call him. Archbishop. The Archbishop of Canterbury, the Archbishop of Canterbury, I forget his name already, but uh, apparently he's meeting with the uh, the liberal reform Jews of England and uh, they're having a big summit and apparently they want to try to convert all the Jews <laughs> in England. I don't know why the reform liberal Jewish movement in England is teaming up with the Archbishop of Canterbury. Um, but what I was uh, wanted to say is that I have a friend in England and I wanted to get your feedback, uh, Tamar and Yosef, um, that over Shavuot, she said, I asked how her Shavuot was. Now, she's an Orthodox Jew, but she doesn't live near an Orthodox synagogue, so she has to go to a Reform synagogue. And she said, you know, the tradition that we have, we learn all night. Do you know that, right? Okay, no one's going to answer me. That's fine. Uh, so... <laughs> 
So she said her her reform rabbi, they started discussing how Jesus would celebrate Shavuot. That's what they were doing in England over Shavuot. What do you think of that? Probably he wouldn't have cheesecake. (laughs) Jesus wouldn't have cheesecake tomorrow. What do you think? Oh, she's gone again. (laughs) She keeps disappearing. She keeps disappearing. Oh, well. All right. So I don't know if we're on the air. So go ahead. So anyway, why don't you go right into your uh, story then? Um, Okay. I've got to let me find this story again. Also out of the UK, there's a place called Whitby. And there's an institution. There's an eating place called Mr. Chips. I'm guessing it's a fish and chips place, but it's right by the beach. And you know, if you have French fries anywhere near the beach, you know the problem with seagulls diving in to take your French fries. That's right. Exactly. And and there's. Are you telling that story about the seagull contest in Belgium? No. No, I, but you can, I have a new story you, for you. But first, wait, finish what you're saying, and then I'm going to jump in. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, it's, it's the seagull, um, seagull segue. So, <laughs> so there's a kid. They hired a kid. They pay him. It says to, he, that he makes about 200 pounds a day. He dresses up in a huge bird suit. What sort of a bird? A huge eagle suit. He's an 18-year-old kid. He dresses up as an eagle. Whenever he sees seagulls, he goes running at them, and they go, they go flying. And then people tip him because they're they appreciate the fact that you know they he protected them for protected their chips from seagulls. That's kind of a fun job. Wow! Okay, I, if you're 18, I'm going to jump in on your seagull story. But first, I just want to say while you guys were talking, we had a phone call from one of your fans, Stephen, near Pennsylvania oh, yeah. or in the, that area. His name is Edward. And he's listening to the show live. So hi there, Edward. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for listening in. All right. Here's this. Is he on the air? No, he's not in the air. It's not in the air. Ed. Ed. Is it Ed McMahon? Yeah. Ed. Ed, you drunk. Are you drinking this early in the morning? Yeah. Okay. So here's a, this this is from Reuters. (laughs) Again, Reuters.com. It says here, Belgian town organizes seagull imitation championship. Ooh. And it says here that this coastal town... Uh, started this that people hate the birds because they poop on everything and they make a lot of noise and then they decided that they should take advantage of it because like how much stuff does Belgium produce besides chocolate and maybe some diamonds? Beer. Beer? beer. Yeah, that yeah. beer, some some beer too. So now they're having the seagull contest and they had it, it looks like in a pub, I can't tell, but everyone's dressed in feathers and they look ridiculous and they're all making caw! Well, oh, oh, they're, oh they're, they, they, whoever sounds like the seagull wins, right? Yes, they have to exactly. do an impression of the yes. And ah! by the way, ah! by, by the way, it was a woman that won. <laughs> oh, Mazaltov. Was she Sorry, Jewish? Pretty funny. I don't think so. <laughs> she won. She won. She won. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. So All right. Funny. And where was this again? Belgium. Oh, in Belgium. Ah, okay. Is Belgium listening? No. Okay, very good. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, here, speaking of seagulls and stories about the ocean, here is a crazy, wacky, uh, wild and wacky story. Okay, Ed, are you listening in Pennsylvania? Yeah. Um, This uh, I found this this week. It says here um, there were two kayakers off the coast of California. And a whale, a whale swallows two of them, two kayakers off the California coast. Now, you're from California originally, aren't you, Tamar? 
I am from Southern California. That's right. It says, in a thrilling real-life drama of scenes from Finding Nemo, <laughs> they compare it to the movie Finding Nemo, when a humpback whale almost swallows two kayakers off the California coast. The kayakers swallowed and then were, and then were spit out. And they walked away from this unhurt. Is that incredible? And there's a picture. I don't know how they got this picture or whatever. There's a picture of the whale that's literally and two kayakers in like the whale's mouth. And un, it's unbelievable. It says uh, it was uh, Julie McSorley. Hi, Julie McSorley, a nice Irish girl. And Liz Cottrell were nearly swallowed by a humpback whale. Um, watching uh, off the coast of Avila Beach, California. Do you know where that is, Tamar? No. It says this event is is unexpected and extraordinarily rare. Well, I would say so. Uh, but both women they escaped unharmed. Um, the encounter with the kayakers was documented from their perspective and by other witnesses. So I guess there were other people with them. And as this whale came up. They, they got, caught it on film and took pictures, and there's a picture of it here, which is it's absolutely insane. It says, this close call with a humpback whale is a stark reminder of the importance of responsibility of observing wildlife. How did, they get, the, how did they get the whale to stand still for the selfie? <laughs> no, I, I guess people, there were other people with them, and, they, and as this was happening, of course. Why would anyone save anyone? Nowadays, what does everyone do? When there's uh, they 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 take out their phones and they start videotaping. So so if I got swallowed by a whale, Tamar and Yosef, wouldn't you guys try to save me, or would you sit there and take pictures and videos on your cell phone? As I, I'm I think I would take swallowed? pictures on my cell phone and put it up on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks a lot. Yes, sorry, lighting up is canceled. Stephen has been I mean, eaten by a, a whale. List of priorities, right? Maslow, grab the moment. <laughs> It says the massive humpback whale engulfed their kayak, and both women escaped uh, unharmed, thank God. But it was all caught on video. Um, but all here right, I'm we just... gotta go. Sorry, we gotta go to a break, everybody. We're gonna be right back. Has the news got you down? Not with these funny guys. You're listening to Lighten Up with Steve Miller and Roya Mosinian. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Israel News Talk Radio. My name is Steve Miller with Yosef Kanner and Tamar Yona. We're doing three people today. <laughs> Two's company, three's a crowd, babe. How are you guys doing? Good? We're doing Thank good. God. We have a caller. Ah! We have a caller. This is unbelievable. I don't think in the over a year that I've done this show, I think we've had one caller that was on our 50th show. Now we have another caller. Put put them through. Who is it? Who's the caller? Hey, they're calling. Hey, Edward Mackow. Mackow. M A C K O U S E. From Bentelum Jewish Avery Ben Salem Jewish Avery Ben Salem? I finally got you on it. I found your show on Israel News Network. Ah. So I, I listened to your program last week. That was really nice. Comedian. Diner. So you did very uh-huh. good. I finally found you. So it's good to <laughs> we'll talk to people. And then tell them to us every center. So we got you to listen to you. You have a good soul. Really like Ooh. you. 
doing? Thank you. You hear me okay? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm having a list. Sometimes you're trying to roll like this. I'm not speaking so loud. Can you, does it come through now? Yeah, I can hear you so, now. Who, who, who is this, Jack? Maybe you'll get to Israel sometime. So, uh, thank you so well. Great seeing you at the services on Saturday. So, you're a good Jew, and uh, you have a good show, and it's... Uh, real nice to hear you in person. Well, you need to tell other people show. about it, Ed. So we have, oh, uh, Ed. Ed, I'm Ed McMahon. Going this weekend to the Monster Liberty. Oh, I know who this is. This is Ed, Ed, who wears the crazy the hats with the political... With the political... So I don't know if you can go to to stand up for, for the moms and their children. Target targets the children. Ah. And the women, and the girls, and all that stuff. So we have to fight for those. So uh, you got a response for me, Ed? You're funny. You remember man. who I am? Yes, I know who you are. You, you're you're the crazy guy who wears all the buttons and comes to the shul. <laughs> you're the button man. Yeah, I have buttons. The- um, not only President Trump, but uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Quite the swamp, and they're speaking at the Moms for Liberty this weekend. Ah, Moms for Liberty. Trump on Friday. I'm not sure when Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is speaking. Robert F. Kennedy is speaking at the Moms of Liberty. Is that what you said, Ed? Uh, that, uh, yeah, Moms Robert for F. Liberty in Philadelphia. Oh, yes. Moms, Moms, Moms. Ed, Ed, Moms of Liberty the, the in Philadelphia. Robert. This year. Is this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Trump is coming on, on Friday. I'm not sure when when Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is coming, but everyone's coming. Everyone's okay, coming. including every, every Robert F. Kennedy. We protested his visit in Philadelphia. All right, well, thank you, Ed. Thank you for calling into the show. We came to protest. Thank you, Ed. Thanks so much Thank for you your call. Much, much appreciated. It's great. So you got a caller to your show. Oh God, yes, I couldn't understand it, but then I know who he is. I now, now I know exactly who he is now. Okay, fascinating. <laughs> Robert well, F. They, Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is a fast, is an amazing guy, though. Oh yes, yes, I am an amazing fellow. He, does, he doesn't Thank have you, that Jeff. accent, though. He doesn't have his father's accent. Anyway, that's not true. I do have that accent. Don't tell me what I do and do speak like, Ed. All right, you've got a uh, new story. Me. Okay, fine. Let's get on. Let's move on to the new story. Uh, actually, here, I got some great Israeli sports stories. Who Who's interested in some Israel sports stories? Me, me, me. Okay, because I know you love Not sports. <laughs> well, tough. I like sports, and this you're going to like this. So apparently, um, the NBA, Charlotte Hornets, drafts uh, a Jewish guard, a Jewish guy, and his name is Amari Bailey. And he's one of two Jews that play in the NBA now. The other Jew is actually an Israeli guy. Uh, this says Bailey's Jewish heritage comes from his mother and his agent, who's also Jewish, babe, confirmed that Bailey identifies as a Jew. Now, of course, if his mother's Jewish, he's Jewish. But what? Why do they have to say he identifies as a Jew? And his Jewish agent made sure that everyone knows that. <laughs> it says That's- here... 
Go ahead. That is kind of weird. You know, but like that's a thing today is identifying. You know, you can be born a born I don't know what a Slovak and you can identify as a Twinkie. That's right. Um, it says here the Charlotte Hornets of the NBN Thursday drafted guard Amari Bailey, who is Jewish. Uh, he was drafted with the 41st overall selection of the NBA draft. I don't think that's very good, 41st, <laughs> but I have no idea. He comes in at a whopping for a Jew, a five foot ten. <laughs> that's huge for a Jew. <laughs> um, Anyway, he's only 19 years old. Do you, you know, believe that? My husband is six foot four. I don't know why you keep saying that all the Jews are short. Well, your husband's six foot four? Yeah, and my, and my sons tower over me. My, I've got four sons, Brooke, Hashem, thank God, and they all tower over me. And I remember, and I have a daughter. She's also taller than me now. And I remember the first time I realized that I was the shortest in the family now. <laughs> and I got really upset. And then I thought, wait, I wouldn't want my kids to be shorter than me. And then I got really happy. <laughs> You sure your son is Jewish? Because there's not many six foot four Jews. Ay, ay, ay. Well, here, this okay. that this story, uh, Tamar and Yosef, yes. relates to, to a second story that was connected to it. A story within a story. So the Charlotte Hornets are owned by Michael Jordan. Everybody knows who Michael Jordan is, right? Yeah. Okay. But it says here, Michael Jordan will sell the Charlotte Hornets to Jewish millionaires. <laughs> That's what it says. That's the title of the article. <laughs> I just thought that was, I just, so they drafted a Jew and then uh, Michael Jordan was just like, yeah, man, you know, I drafted a Jew, but you know what? Now I'm going to sell to a bunch of Jewish millionaires. Uh, you want to know who they are? Sure. Oh, I thought I thought you were saying like he's looking to sell it, but he's only looking for Jewish millionaires. He but is that's selling. Not... No, no, but no, but he is selling it. He already Jewish. has the Jewish millionaires he wants to sell it to. Not that correct. He's... Okay, right. It says here, uh, Gabe Plotkin, Jewish millionaire involved in GameStop, buys Charlotte Hornets from Michael Jordan. <laughs> anyway, I, I it's really not much to the story, but I just love that. Um, the title itself, Michael Jordan will sell Charlotte Hornets to Jewish millionaires. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I just thought that was humorous. Hmm. Okay, anyway. I have a story here. Okay, it's it's not funny, but you can comment on it. It says here, Mark Schiff, who is Jerry Seinfeld's longtime opening act, brings to fill in on tour. Schiff, who has been opening for famous Jewish comedian Seinfeld for 25 years now, stays, stays observant on the tour, and he brings us to fill in, and he raps to fill in. And that is from IsraelNationalNews.com, if you want to find the story. Um, actually, you know what? That's funny that you mentioned that, because I saw that. I was thinking about mentioning that, and then I said the same thing you said. This, this story is not funny. <laughs> so I didn't bother talking about it. But you know I. I know who Mark Schiff is. I when I was doing stand up out in Los Angeles years ago, back in the nineties at the comedy store, he always was there. Yep. So it, it's good to see that he that he puts to fill in on. I love that. He should try to get Jerry Seinfeld to do it before each show. <laughs> yeah. Right. What's the deal? What's hey Tamar? What's the deal with to fill in? What's the deal with black boxes? That's Why good. do I have to put it on my arm and head? Who are these people? And why are they rapping? <laughs> yeah. And what does okay. it say in those black boxes? What kind of parchment is there in those black boxes? <laughs> and what does it say in those black 
parchment. Maybe it's like a, for, a fortune teller cookie. You have to crack it open and read the... No. Okay, Sherry. here's a new story. It's called... Have you ever wanted to go into politics, Stephen or Yosef? <laughs> no. Because nope. there's a job opening now. It's for being a rat czar. And that's in New York City. It says here, rodents beware New York City hires first rat czar. And it says that New York City's unending war on rats has a new commanding general. Mayor Eric Adams on Wednesday announced that Kathleen Karate, an education department employee, has been appointed New York's first ever rat czar, part of Adams' effort to combat a growing rodent problem in the country's most populous city. He's, uh, she says, you'll be seeing a lot of me and a lot less of rats, Karate said. Whose wait, wait, wait. Title this person's last name is Karate? Karate, yeah. <laughs> says here, her <laughs> official title is Citywide Director of Rodent Mi- Mitigation. I think she should do like um, politician mitigation in New York, New York City there. They need a new set. They need to chase not the rodents out, but first the politicians and then the rodents. The or politicians the are the rats. Her last, <laughs> I love how her last name is Karate. She can, is that how she's going to fight the rats but, in New York City? It's not spelled with a C. It's spelled, spelled differently. Yeah. I don't care. Well, and just, un, just under the rats are is the, is the mouse mayor. I'm thinking of the Karate artery. <laughs> oh, okay. Karate. Well, so that's, that's real nice. So it's a, great, it's a great plug for New York that everyone should go visit because they have such a rat problem there now. Uh, that n- they, they need a rat czar. <laughs> that is just ridiculous. And my daughter-in-law in Seattle, my, my daughter-in-law in Seattle had a rat in her kitchen wall that died in the kitchen wall and started stinking up the entire kitchen. And they, they, they had the guy come out, whatever, they couldn't get it out. So finally, my son-in-law, no, no, it's not my daughter-in-law, my daughter, my son-in-law put on some tough gloves and he got some sticks and he managed to, to get in there and pull this rat carcass out. And the kids were all cheering and the girls were all going, ew. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing. A- anytime, anytime. <laughs> That your daughter lives with rats in her kitchen. Wait, I have one more sports story that I'd like to share because I this is about Israel. And I think you guys, you you know, Tamar and Joseph, you, you live there. You should be proud of your athletes. But there's a little twist to this. Ready? Israeli team ranks seventh ahead of the 2023 World Lacrosse Men's Championship. So this summer, uh, lacrosse is on the rise in Israel. Were you aware of this, Tamar and Yosef? Not at all. Do you know Not what lacrosse is? Yeah, it's, it's something sport. they do in American colleges. That's right. So um, it's men's national team enters the world championship, and Israel, going into the championship, ranks seventh in the world. But here's the catch. <laughs> it says that the 2023 World Lacrosse Men's Championship begins Wednesday in San Diego. You stay classy, San Diego. And Israel is ranked seventh among the 30 teams. They were ranked second in Europe coming into the tournament. And um, those rankings might surprise the average Israeli uh, because the Israel Lacrosse Association estimates that between 300 and 400 Israeli children and teens play the sport across the country in Israel. But the people that are made up of this Israel's national lacrosse team is mostly made up of American-born Jews. They're not even Israeli. That's why they're ranked seventh. (laughs) (laughs) Hi-oh! So the Israeli national team, which ranks seventh, is really American Jews. They're not Israeli. 
that's that's the beauty of this story. It's interesting, you know, and they, they also have baseball. They identify as Israeli. What? They, they identify as Israeli. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They identify as Israeli. So, boom, you put the Israeli flag on their uniform, and now you're Israeli. But yeah, when you, I just when you think of sports in Israel, you think of soccer and basketball. All this other stuff is kind of it hasn't really taken root yet, you know, at least in the public consciousness. They also Basket- have they have base- yeah. no, basketball and then soccer. Yeah, but baseball. soccer, soccer. I know basketball's big in Israel. Yeah. Oh, I I I did not know that. So, but soccer Yosef. is the king. Yeah, soccer Soccer's I know is big. Okay, anyway. I have a story. Okay. You ever want to live again? Uh, what? What? What are you saying? What? Do I ever want to live Ask again? You mean me what? If I believe in reincarnation. Ah, uh, do you believe? Do you in believe reincarnation? in reincarnation? No, but I did in my last life. Okay, so here's another piece here from Reuters, and it says here: Dead birds get new life. New Mexico researchers develop taxidermy bird drones. It says here, scientists in New Mexico are giving dead birds a new life with an unconventional approach to wildlife research. A team at the New Mexico Institute of Mining and Technology in Socorro is taking birds that have been preserved through taxidermy and converting them into drones in order to study flight. And uh, it says here that they are, um, they found that artificial mechanical birds had not given the results he was looking for, though. What kind of results was he looking for? (laughs) He says, we came up with this idea that we can use dead birds and make them into a drone. He said, everything is there. We do reverse engineering. Taxidermy bird drones currently being tested in a purpose built cage at the university can be used to understand better the formation and flight patterns of flocks. That, you know what? If they can't use it for doing that, they'll just use it as spy machines. That's all. I yeah. bet they work do, do, they, the do they actually, the, the dead bird wings flap, or they just like glue a dead bird onto like a regular drone? You know what? There's a video there. You can watch it. But... <laughs> Great. Now we have, de- 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 we have dead birds flying in the air. It's and if brilliant. they don't work, if spy- they don't. Yeah, actually, they, they do. They flap. I'm looking at this video now. They flap. Wow. They could also hire them to deliver pizza at Gastonbury. Yeah, they could. That's true. And they, they can, don't uh, poop. <laughs> hi <laughs> Ta-da! Yay! I they love don't, that. Uh, they don't mess. We should send them to Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Take some seagulls, and they'll say, wow, look, we developed seagulls that don't uh, dirty the ground. Joseph, anything from you before we wrap up the show? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. You caught me off guard. Well, oh, okay. the, the woman. Okay. There was a story in South America no, a woman died, and I guess she must have been Catholic. Who does wakes? Catholics? Anyway, they're having a wake. Irish. So yeah. she's in a, she's in the coffin, and all these people are doing whatever they do at a wake. And then <laughs> they hear a knocking from the coffin. So they everybody quieted down. She was not dead. The woman was not dead. So they opened the coffin quickly, took her out, took her back to the hospital. And it's like it's a really bizarre story, except it doesn't have a happy ending because when they got her back to the hospital, she died. Did she die seven days later? Seven days later, she. I don't know how many days it was. No, a few hours later. We just. I was going to say, did you listen to last week's show? Because we did that. We did a story like that on last week's show. You saying this is someone different? Last week's show, wasn't he? (laughs) What? Wasn't he on last week's show? No, No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Co-host Dina, and she did a story in Central America where uh, the same thing happened. 
<laughs> what is going on in central? Is this in Central America? It is in where is it? South and place, someplace in South America. South America. What is going on that people don't know if people are actually dead? They keep knocking on the on the coffins. Let me Steve. out. Let me Steven, out. Stephen, she identified as a dead person. <laughs> it was in, it was in Ecuador. Yes, I think the, I think you listened to the show Same and you story. just stole the story from last week's show. <laughs> no, I was I was okay, you I was from story. Ecuador too. I was in Glastonbury next last week. Anyway, you know what? This show is going to identify. We're going to identify this show as being funny this week. <laughs> anyway, okay. So I'm going to finish up with a with a good story, and then we could we could call it a day. You're going to love this. I'm sure. Let me know if you heard this story. Elon Musk confirms. Oh, come on! Mm-hmm. Continue in Spanish. Continue in English. What is going on here? <laughs> Elon Musk confirms cage fight with Mark Zuckerberg. Did you hear about this? I did, and it's the most bizarre thing. I, I don't know what they were thinking. So, um, Tamar, it says Mark Zuckerberg has said that he wants to have a cage fight with Elon Musk. Uh, his fellow billionaires, uh, Mr. Musk first proposed a fight earlier this month, writing on Twitter that he was up for a cage match after rumors emerged that the Facebook boss was working on a Twitter rival. And so Zuckerberg responded with a screenshot of him, you know, and basically Mark Zuckerberg was like, uh, yeah, just send me the location, man. I'll meet you anywhere. So now the fight wants to, it wants to happen in uh, in um, in Las Vegas. Uh, it says here it's not a joke, and Mister um, uh, he wants to call it. Uh, he wants to have it like a Vegas octagon, like a cage match in an octagon, like UFC. Now apparently Zuckerberg trains MMA, so he posted himself training and said, "Oh, I just won a jujitsu competition, and I just won an award." Or I he he has like a picture of himself with all these medals. It says, uh, I just competed in my first jiu-jitsu tournament and won some medals for the Gorilla for the Gorilla Jiu-Jitsu team. He's 38 years old. This is what he posted on Instagram. And now <laughs> this is what Elon Musk writes. This is something I would do. Uh he's 51 years old, which I did not know. Did you know that? He knew okay. that. I know, but you did know that. But anyway, he identifies it says here, as a 25-year-old. That's right. So he says the Tesla CEO uh, claims that he does not do exercise, he writes on Twitter, and said, I almost never work out except for picking up my kids and throwing them in the air. He says what he's going to do to beat Zuckerberg, it's, he's going to do the move. It's called a walrus move, where because of his weight, because I guess he weighs a lot more um, than uh, Zuckerberg, he's just going to pick him up and lay on top of him so he can't get up. <laughs> That's it. That that's that's his that's his strategy his fight strategy. I don't even know why he's gonna do it. Uh, oh, what are, you, what are you kidding me? This this was this would be perfect for him. It says here uh, he writes. I almost never work out except for picking up my kids, uh, who is currently listed as the world's richest person. I oh, mean, I unless didn't know they're that. raising money for something, like why even? Like they have nothing better to do in their lives. I don't know, but it says here. Uh, it would be great to have someone like a Howard Cosell that could, like, you know, referee it. And he would say, I met Howard Cosell. You can't met just, Howard Cosell? Yes. To can't they just stay home yeah. and, and send mean tweets to each other? To Mariona. Yeah, he was very says, charming, by the way. This is Howard Cosell. 
That's a also Jewish. Answer. Also Jewish. Yes, I am a Jew. I met him anyway, Israel. <laughs> so apparently, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Zuck, not Zuckerberg. Elon, Elon Musk. Musk is gonna. He's fat and overweight. He's just gonna climb on top of him and keep him pinned down. That's how he plans on winning it. <laughs> I owe. I'd pay to see that on pay per view. Anyway, well. Okay. So how do you like? How do you like to close that out for the show? <laughs> you got ten seconds to close the show. Ten seconds. Thank you very much, Tamar Yona. Thank you, Yosef Kaner, for helping me out today. I really appreciate it. Did you have a good time? Thank you for inviting me. Ah, you're very welcome, and thank you, Tamar. Thank you, everybody, and Shavua Tov.